Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? Alright, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> Good morning, Wastelanders. It is a crisp morning over here where it's raining, and you have Ringo and Greg. So hi, Greg. I'm wet and cold. Wet and cold. That's what she said. That's this not week we wanted- That's not great. <laughs> this week we went ahead and took on 2021's a california christmas city lights on netflix rated b for barf that is correct that barf is pretty accurate so greg what have you been up to this week man uh trying not to think about this movie it made me (laughs) it's one of the few movies that's literally just made me actually angry otherwise running around my yard and making sure that things are covered that need to be covered and everything else is not flooding which I didn't expect there to be a problem, but everything is good to go. So, so far, knock on wood, everything's fine. And then... That's good. We finished watching finished watching Scrubs again. I was like, what show did we just finish with Scrubs? Obviously, through season eight, we're never going to watch season nine again. That fucking mutant last oh, season is it's garbage. It's not, even, it's not even real. They tried to rebrand it as a new show, and the networks wouldn't let them. So, yeah, well, I'm not... I'm never watching that again. Sorry... Denise or whatever the main character's name is Charlotte or something but yeah I'm, you pass sorry yeah well that's uh, I warned my wife when we started watching it I was like okay so first off this is funny but it's gonna go ahead and make you upset and second off we are not watching the last season because the last season is bullshit and I don't want to go ahead and ruin your experience nobody yeah scrub no it's it's an unfortunate effect. This is, is capitalism on art, right? It wanted to end, and then it had a nice little ending. And they're like, no, one more season, but but Zach Braff is hot right now. One more season. Yeah, well, they, they, maybe they should have gone ahead and done something completely different then. God damn it. They, yeah, well, they should have, right? They should have done a lot of things completely different. But one thing I noticed this run-through is that they really killed the character of Ted uh, about halfway through. like in, Or not about halfway through, like the last two seasons or... Not killed him, but just made him so one note. For a long time, Ted was like that morose sad sack where mm-hmm. uh, he talks about, you know, like that famous episode where he's like, come on, Ted, just jump one step and it's <laughs> all over. And then by the end of the show, his entire joke is basically, oh, as something yeah. like happens. Oh, it's I like Ted, but that sucks. He also he didn't yeah. need a relationship. That's just one of those things that TV shows do where. You give it enough time, and every character will end up dating somebody. But which, which you and I have actually talked about, and like, you don't need to do that. Don't. They're fine. People don't always end up in relationships, and they still end up doing fine. They don't need to be in a relationship. Ted doesn't need to be in a relationship. God damn it. Yeah. And in, in a show you haven't watched, The Office, Toby is basically the Ted. He's not like so incompetent, but he is the office pariah for all intents and purposes, at least in the, the view of Michael. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't end up in a relationship. They try a couple times, and everybody who's in a relationship with is, is repulsed by him. And, mm, yeah, okay. it's fucking great because not everybody ends up together. It's it's fantastic. Well, I, I think that's a that's a good aspect to go and throw into some shows. as like someone who just is either okay with being single or, like, just can't, can't do relationships. Yeah. 
Honestly, I'd much rather have somebody who's okay with being single. I think the stereotype of can't do relationships is it, it invites too many awkward questions. Not awkward. That's it, not the yeah. right word. But more along the lines, like you can infer a certain amount of negative things. Maybe we should make characters who are just fine being single. It's okay to be single. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody thinks less of you once you're out of like middle school, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Except for maybe your parents. I don't know if your parents think that. Nah, we've talked about that before. If you need to do shit to get the <laughs> approval and love of your parents, you could do better. Don't worry about them. Yeah. We like Get our you. approval. Yeah, we like yeah, you get already. Our, get, get our approval. Go ahead and like everything that we put out and go ahead and download it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you earn our approval. That doesn't make us toxic at all. Are you a doctor yet? Have you met a nice man? <laughs> no. When am I going to get grandbabies? Never. I've been snipped. <laughs> Not you, this hypothetical listener. Oh. I don't want your grandbabies. Oh. Gross. What have you been up to this week? So this week I went ahead and finished Castlevania Nocturne, and I think that they uh, they did a really good story there. I, I think that the audience is really going ahead and giving it uh, negative reviews for I don't know why. Maybe because they ended it and like they ended it on a cliffhanger, but. I don't I think that they did a decent job stepping away from the original storyline and creating... I, I think they stepped away from the original storyline. I don't know if the original Castlevania does like a 300-year skip or something like that. No. But this one... Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you because I, I didn't get into Castlevania until Dead Cells brought it up. And I was like, I'm interested. I'm going to go ahead and start looking into it. And I didn't look into it. I just watched the first Castlevania TV show that came out. But then this one, we go ahead and get one of the vampires from the first season. She gets to go ahead and get built up a little bit. She ends up dying, so you, you don't really learn too much about her. But it's uh, interesting to go ahead and watch as they replace her with a vampire god. And trying to figure out how the heroes are going to go ahead and stop the vampire god from ending the world. Which, by the way, a uh, little bit of a spoiler here. The vampire god causes an eclipse to go ahead and make it so the vampires can walk around at any time no matter what Th that seems problematic long term because the earth needs sunlight to produce energy through food for humans so that you can go ahead and produce more humans so you can continue the food source for your people nope just saying everything's fine in the dark also i like that you gave a dark. spoiler warning after you said a character died nobody cares they're vampires <laughs> they all die it's just uh, hey, it's like hey, hey minor spoiler, spoiler. Here's a spoiler warning for every sort of vampire movie out there that has like a hero that's super religious. Every vampire fucking dies. And not Twilight. There were vampires that died in that one. Yeah, but not every vampire died. Yeah, but so your spoiler holy... is ineff ineffective. Did did they have holy heroes? Probably. Like the Pope's Exorcist. Probably. Also, the Pope's Exorcist oh. would never kill a vampire. He's bad at killing demons, and that's his literal job. True. He Good got point. possessed Maybe... by a demon because he didn't think that like, oh, what if it does double possession? <laughs> he didn't know about two possession jutsu. This is this is a review for Castlevania Nocturne season one on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. It says two of the characters, Richter and Annette, have virtually the same backstory. That is apparently part of the reason this person rated it to one star. I don't really understand why that's a a bad thing because I'd say probably a lot of people have the same backstory. I, too, yeah. went through the public school system, went to college, and found myself in a job that I was unhappy with. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what they <laughs> What? Want. Two people having the same backstory? <laughs> well, so my counter-argument to that would be, like, if you want diversity between those two, Richter is French, and I don't remember what her name is, Annette. but she is Creole. 
This I person guess, reviewed it with one star. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good shit right there. Speaking of bad, hey, you want to talk about California Christmas? Yeah, rated B get for barf. Christmas. Yeah, I can go ahead and butcher some more names this, this week. There's right really no. You should be fine. You, We've you already read half of these names since we did the first one. You, you've done. Yeah, but before. I brain dumped them. I, I had assignments in between. You, then you've and seen now. this arrangement of consonants before. <laughs> Well, Wastelanders, this week we took on 2021's A California Christmas, City Lights, on Netflix. This one was rated B for barf. I believe that's Greg's Greg's rating, not Netflix's. I don't know. It might actually be up there. It might be. So this movie is starring Lawrence Wickard as Callie, Joss Wickard as Joseph, Ali Afshar, Jesus, Ali Afshar as Leo, David Del Rio as Manny, Raquel Dominguez as Brandy, Laura James as Victoria, our synopsis. Do we have to? Less I. Joe and Callie have taken a single year to turn the farm into a successful winery and dairy farm. Manny is there too, as well as Hannah, the little sister. But oh, Joseph needs to go back to the city in San Francisco. He need, he finds out that his ex-fiancee Victoria is running the company for some reason. Also, Callie meets a guy she used to like, and he runs a nativity scene for homeless people that happens to be right next door to corporate numbers bullshit and Callie and Joe end up getting married and then they have a baby and also Manny and Brandy hook up because fuck me <laughs> we didn't have to have two romances in part two how about them reviews for Common Sense Media Jennifer Green says this sweet romance is easy to watch but there's not much new added to the formula of its uh, predecessor and the result is both predictable and a little dull for decider John Serba writes a California Christmas City Lights exists, and anyone who watches it knows full well what they're getting into. Over on Letterbox, user Abe opines, just as bad as the first one, but not enough Manny and Leo. Why bother watching at this point? Meanwhile, over on IMDb, user Get That Damn Bell writes, Just like last year, this is a great break from all the unbelievable crap going on in the world. It's great just kicking back and following Joseph and Kelly on their city Christmas adventure. Fun, feel-good holiday entertainment. They didn't even go on a city Christmas adventure. They literally did one shot of them driving through the city and the rest of the entire thing in the city takes place in the hotel. Well, so Get That Damn Bell is probably suffering from hysteria or something like that if they're picturing that they went on a Christmas adventure through the city. Because, yeah, nothing... Nothing like that happened. Unless he's, he's thinking that paperwork is a Christmas city adventure. In a way, it might be the most city Christmas adventure that you could have, right? Like, yeah, we're just, I'm just going to stop by the office real quick, and then you get buried under a bunch of paperwork. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is fucking... Like, there is no... Like, they barely do anything in San Francisco. The entirety of it is shot at the Fairmont, which I'm like 98% sure that's the hotel they were at, was the Fairmont. They're calling that his corporate headquarters, but pretty sure that's just the fairmont it's a beautiful old hotel but also the other part of it was at this make-believe soup kitchen that's somehow right next door to corporate headquarters in downtown san francisco it's very odd and yeah this movie duh it is <laughs> it is upsetting on so many levels this is just not a this is not a good movie even if you liked the first california christmas this is not a good movie this is rated b for bar for a reason well, especially considering like this one opens up with the kid monologuing, and you and I talked about monologuing, and 
going over like the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone used to do did monologuing. They, they we we discussed that. The monologues in that one are are quick, short, and concise. This monologue went on for like I don't know, fifteen minutes. It was like a and, one minute intro, but yeah, it felt really long because yeah. they were basically plot dumping on us, right? They. We had to have Hannah, who I didn't call out in the cast, because even though she's like fourth build on the movie, she's barely in this movie. But we had to have her basically tell us that Callie and Joe are still together, and Manny's here, and also my mom died, and also he's now they're they're making wine, and maybe they're going to get married, and then the movie opens with that Joe proposing to Callie. And of course she says yes, because why wouldn't she? At least I didn't try to build up to some sort of impact there. It was just obviously a given that she was going to say yes. Yeah. I don't remember if there was a montage in the middle of that, but I feel like there probably was. Like, this movie, much like the first one, relies on minute-long audio montages with no VO, just generic music playing while we see shots of our actors and actresses doing stuff. And... So I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, if we went back and watched it, he might have dropped to a knee and then there might have been a montage where it swirled around her face and his face to show us that they still like each other. And then she says yes, but. Well, I, th- I think that because now you mentioned the, the montage, I think that there was a montage of him doing all the stuff from last season that got her or last movie that got her to fall in love with her or him, whatever. Uh, geez. The, I, I do believe <laughs> that happened. I believe it. I don't. Like I believe that you believe that you know what you said right now. <laughs> yeah. Well. So what I meant. What I meant to say is they showed like a the scene where he was painting the fence and everyone's supposed to swoon over that. Oh yeah, that's right. They did show that Joe painting the the fence from last time when she was yeah. having the family picnic, which was the seventh montage in that movie. So, yeah. I, th- this movie isn't a movie about romance. It's a movie about monologue and and, and montage. And montage. Yeah. That's. Thank you. That, that's my takeaway from this. So my takeaway from this is there, there's two things. There's a big logistical issue that I'll get to in a minute. But the the main thing here is that what worked in the first movie, if you want to say anything in the first movie worked, and you guys have heard my review, I did not like this first movie. But the what worked in that one, if anything, was the slow buildup to Joe and Callie getting together. Even though we all knew it was going to happen, it didn't really happen until the very end. And while the ending was nonsense with them, he's like, I rebuilt this barn in a day. I don't know how she didn't notice all these people doing that, but whatever. To be fair, she didn't notice she had wine she could sell. Well, yeah, that's and that was another issue I had with that first movie. Or I guess what worked was that Leo and Manny, for what they were, were funny. And as the user Abe called out, there's basically none of that in this movie. Leo and Manny are separated right away, and instead we get a fucking romance between Manny and Brandy, because of course we have to. Now, it did lead to the one and only scene in this movie that made me laugh, which was when he was trying to do the reverse car wash, and he was dancing around his truck trying to act all (laughs) sexy. That was actually pretty funny. Credit to Lauren Swickard for writing that, because that's good stuff. But the rest of this just felt... I don't know, like, stereotypical might even be too too good of a word. Manny's in there playing games, as we saw him do in the last one, and then Brandy comes in, oh my god, is that the new game? It's been on back order forever. And he's like, yeah, well, I got a copy, and I was like, in 2021, nothing's on back order, it's all digitally delivered, did the servers go down? <laughs> and then they play for hours, and she's like, huh, well, I guess I better go. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then also, I, yeah, bye. 
And then the next time they see each other, they're kind of like, hey, you want a bone? And he's like, I do want a bone. You want to, what, what did she say? Like, you want to learn my critical hit spot or some shit oh, like God, that? Oh, God, yeah. And yeah, I paused the movie and I walked around the house a little bit. I looked at my dog. I was just like, fuck this movie forever. But the real lesson to be taken from this movie is this is what happens when you just start jamming plot points together with absolutely no transition. Absolutely no buildup, absolutely no foreshadowing. There is nothing in any part of this movie that really makes sense with the rest of the movie. They jammed more shit in here to keep these two apart so that we feel better when they get together, but the the drama, what drama there was in it, was forced as fuck. Oh, my mom reserved us this ballroom for a Christmas Eve wedding. And it's like, why? What if he had proposed in fucking, like, on, on Christmas Eve? Or some shit like that. Yeah. And then also, she's like, in three weeks? I don't know. And this whole thing with Victoria and this this nativity scene that gets shoved in. This is something Christmas movies do that I fucking hate, where somebody always needs to be reminded of the reason for the season. And it's kind of like, yeah, except that you only feel that way during Christmas. But anyway, it's just a lot of extra plot points. The drama with Vicky, where she's supposed to be this, I think, conniving ex-girlfriend, but instead just comes off as like some sort of catty rando and Joe proposing to her, but then breaking it off. I don't know why the fuck she works at the company for a minute when they were like, Oh, it's his ex. I was like, maybe she's really good at business and she's been great for it. But we find out that she's just straight up ass at business. Yeah. Um, that she's just there for like our eye candy or something. I don't know. I, I think she's just there because at one point Joe was engaged to her. That seems to literally be her only qualification. The mom might have liked her, but it's one of those things where why the fuck is she here? Then their whole thing about, so the subplot to this movie, the sub subplot of this movie is that Joe's mom has run off to some Island because he was inspired or she was inspired by Joe staying at the farm with Callie and finding true love. So she ran to an Island to find true love. And so, as such, Victoria's in charge of the entire company, but she's fucking ass at being in charge of a company. And so, Joe has to leave the farm and go all the way back to San Francisco. A whole one-hour drive, one and a half in traffic. Woo! But he has to go back, and he finds out that a whole bunch of suppliers are canceling because his mom's not in charge, I think. I don't know. We're never told what this company does. We're meant to believe that it's a real estate agency, I believe. And that or a real estate developer, I don't know what suppliers how and how many they have. I don't know the ins and outs of that. So I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a thing. But the way that they solve this is Callie goes, well, let's just call them. And then her and Joe do a montage, of course, of calling suppliers and they get all of the suppliers back. And if you've ever talked to somebody on the phone around Christmas time for business reasons, they're trying to get you off the phone as fast as fucking possible. Nobody is picking up that phone and being like, all right, we'll change our entire contract structure for you guys right before the holidays. And so it's just bullshit after bullshit after bullshit in this area. And like I said, that leads me to my, my biggest issue with this fucking movie, which is the entire premise of Joe going back to quote unquote, the city is taken as just like, no, why? I thought when I saw the first movie that for some reason, I thought that Joe and his family were based out of like New York or Chicago because they talked about Petaluma. Like it was some backwater, like they didn't know where it was. And it, it seemed like he might've come from far away. They're in San Francisco. 
Petaluma is a one hour drive north. This is called commuting. And I'm not even joking. I messaged Ringo about this because I was angry when I realized this. I was like, this whole entire fucking movie about fucking this this rich asshole is actually going to have to take a one-hour drive. And I was like, they actually fly commuter flights in and out of the area. I was like, rich people could probably take a fucking helicopter. And then literally in the next scene, they get in a fucking helicopter. So this idea that this is some sort of untractable distance, like him saying, I have to go back to the city for a few days. One, I don't know why he has to be there overnight. Rich people people don't meet in the morning but two he's he's like oh i have to go back to the city she acts like he's like i've been drafted to go to vietnam this may be my final day on earth i don't know when i'm gonna come back but i swear i'm gonna keep you in mind callie and she that's what she's acting like no why right before christmas right it's a fucking hour-long drive and he doesn't have to do it he literally leo is his driver that's literally the motherfucker's job so yeah, well, the fact that they're they're acting like this is some sort of like she, she's going to be getting a dear John letter back in the fucking like or like to whom it may concern like some fucking like his dog tags are going to be delivered to her. He's going to the rich part of San Francisco for what I would guess would be a few hours a day, and then bringing some work home with him. And so fuck this entire movie, fuck this idea that this is some sort of unovercomable fucking obstacle like this is this is this is what's going to drive a relationship apart is that he might actually have to go back to san francisco from time to time and if anybody from california is listening to this first like they portray petaluma as this empty backwater there's fifty thousand people who live in petaluma and a small farm like a small piece of land out there costs like four hundred fifty thousand dollars so there, this is not some podunk like oh billy ray running down the street playing stick and hoop like this isn't the 1800s petaluma's a regular town lots of people commute in from petaluma santa rosa manteca stockton modesto east bay north bay like all of it people commute in from, like farther than san francisco every fucking day so for this movie to act like oh my god what a shot to the fucking gut fuck you lauren fuck you for writing that <laughs> So something else that bugged me about this that uh, you, you didn't mention. So the CFO shows up and hands Joe a bunch of paperwork and goes, sign it and get it done tonight. And I'm like, Joe owns this business apparently because his mom's no longer there. Why are you handing it to the owner? Shouldn't you sign it and get it done? Well, so owners still need to sign off on stuff like that. But yeah, his attitude was basically like, sign it or else. And I was like, no, thank you. Like, I would have been like, yeah, so, so first of all, replacement CFO seems like he's in order. Yeah. Also, they make mention at the end of this movie that the company is somehow saved because they went public. I, You need to get – you can't just do that overnight. That's not just like, oh, we're going public, and uh, it goes public. It's It takes a little bit of time. There's paperwork to do, et cetera. The mom, as far as I can tell, has not officially stepped down. She's just left. So she'd need to come back and sign some stuff. Anyway, that's all the, the technical stuff. Lauren Swickard yeah. was born in Cincinnati, so maybe don't write movies about, like, the difficulty. Oh, this is tearing us apart. It's not a Cincinnati to fucking, like, New York situation. Whatever. So, and I, I feel your, your anger on, on all of this, because the, the movie was not great with, the, with that aspect. But the one thing that I want to go ahead and say that's, that's positive is it's nice to go ahead and see a... Super rich couple will go ahead and write a love letter to each other through really shitty movies. Yeah, it's it's touching in that way. I I think I would have passed without seeing their fucking love letter. I think if I had never seen this, I would have been perfectly fine. Uh, well, they should have kept it to themselves and watched it on Christmas Eve between the two of them. It should have been produced once 
in a hard copy and not seen by anybody else. Lock it in their own house so they can go ahead and watch it on Christmas and go, oh, look, this is so cute, and then yeah. leave it there. Nobody else needs to see this. At his reviews, there were none on Metacritic for for California Christmas City Lights. Critics did not write reviews. I had to go to Rotten Tomatoes and sift through their like their lesser like good reviews. There's only like two. It's not even verified on that or rated on that site. But these were like the only two critical reviews I could find. I don't think very many other people watched this movie and actually had an opinion on it. And that makes me think that John Serba, the decider guy, when he said this this exists and anyone who watches it knows what you're getting into, th- that is who this movie is for. And that's the only people this movie is for. There's also this kind of undertone of family that is important, but it barely gets focused on. The, the D plot in this movie is Callie working at a soup kitchen with a guy that she just happens to know from back home, once again treating Petaluma as though it's some far-flung Arctic outpost, but she happens to know him from back home and he's like, Oh, I didn't know that you worked here. Even though this guy, Joe is famous enough to be on newspapers in, in San Francisco. So he would have probably known that, Oh, he's coming back and he's bringing his, his fiance. That's this girl I know from back home, but whatever. But yeah, that this whole thing, he works at a soup kitchen that's funded by the company, but the company's cutting funding because reasons question mark, greed i think is what we're meant to believe and then yeah the fucking there's there's supposed to be a gala there's so many things in this movie they just threw at this fucking at the script and i don't know why netflix let them make it but they just i don't know maybe maybe the swickards have dirt on them probably because both of them are rich and one of them is like you said a model so you get it out there and you get eye candy out there more people go ahead and watch it they got us to watch it we 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 have this on a long list of movies to watch. They didn't mm-hmm. get us to watch it. We chose, yeah, but they, we chose to watch it so that we could talk about it because we knew, we knew, or I knew, I would probably be angry. Wait, Wastelanders were actually a Netflix plant. Netflix has actually got us working for Don't them. Say Netflix, and... Netflix doesn't feature us or promote us. <laughs> if anything, we're an Amazon plant. Thank you, Amazon. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Amazon. Welcome, all you that Amazon nice listeners. Ahead. That was nice to go ahead and put us up there on the front page. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It, this movie was was. I, I really do think that this movie was meant to go ahead and just be a love letter that they decided that they wanted the whole entire world to see, and I I don't understand why because nobody gets to go ahead and see my love letters to to Greg except for Greg. Except I haven't sent any of them yet. I've been keeping them because I'm afraid that he's going to let hit talks go ahead and eat them. Well, don't worry. One day you might have to drive into Seattle, and that's oof, that's basically like being <laughs> being set to the trenches in World War One. Or the, that's, or that's the Eastern Front. <laughs> I'll re-enlist first. You won't make me. You can't make me. No, you're going to get drafted. You'd be like, no, I re-enlist. I'm like, no, yeah. you're drafted. Congratulations. <laughs> the one with the gun shoots. The one with the bullets follows the one with the gun. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It, it honestly felt this whole movie actually probably could have done without Callie. She could have just been in the beginning yes. and end, and this movie would have worked just as well. We could have also skipped 98% of the ranch stuff, and there would have been no issues. It's... I don't know. If you like the first one, I actually don't even think you'd like this one that much. But yeah, if you're there's nothing in this one. The only thing I can say is if you're absolutely if you watched Christmas in California or California Christmas and you thought to yourself, damn, I love these characters. Well, they're all back. So that is something. 
but kind of yeah the, well not the mom that died obviously but <laughs> but yeah they're they're all basically back and so that's the only selling point but honestly genuinely i would rather watch the princess switch than california christmas city lights this is this is just it's it's a mess from beginning to end and if you're having a hard time following my rant about it it's because i had a hard time following this movie and i did i didn't even feel this way when we watched crimes of the future this is a bad movie wrapped in bad acting it's like the worst christmas gift this is getting like cold it's been shit on it's just not a good movie i really really wouldn't put this on as part of your christmas unless okay here's my one option for putting this on there are a lot of people in the world myself included who when they have people over they just put something on on the tv as like background noise maybe catch something this is a perfect movie for that because at any point you could return to the screen not know what the fuck is going on and you'd be just like people have been watching it the whole time yeah the one thing that i want to go ahead and point out i do think that manny and leo's friendship got bisected because they they took away from joe and kelly in the first one and kelly didn't like that i'm assuming the the lady behind it what's her name lauren swicker she wrote them lauren swicker she wrote both yeah well she yeah but we didn't have any interaction between manny and leo except for like that first what three minutes where they're they're playing vr and smacking each other and then Leo ends up sleeping too late and then goes, oh, by the way, your mom was off with a person on an island. And then that, that was it. That was the only interaction we got between Manny and Leo, whereas in the first movie, Manny and Leo were there every, I don't know, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was the Manny and Leo show as far as I was concerned because you and I were like, those two have a better romance than Joe and Kelly. They felt more believable. <laughs> yeah. I was... <laughs> I was hoping for more of that in this one. And then they had to force Manny into a relationship with Brandy. And I was like, nothing, nothing against Raquel Dominguez, but yeah. Manny and Leo was better. Well, yeah, like that whole entire subplot is wasted in this movie. There should be, if there was to be another California Christmas, which please no, please no. But if there were to be a California Christmas farming it up or whatever the <laughs> fuck, then I would hope that, we could see Callie and Joseph like they're taking a much deserved nine year vacation in Guatemala or something. And then the whole movie is Manny and Brandy. That that would be a better use of those characters. They're, they're better actors than those two. But anyway, this movie sucks. I don't recommend it. I can't, I I'm trying to place it in the ranking of movies that we've watched. This is definitely worse than the first California Christmas, which wasn't good. It's, worse than the princess switch which you'll be hearing that episode later this month it's worse than cocaine bear it's worse than now we're down in like the really bad territory it's probably worse than your place or mine i'm not sure if it's worse than buddy games i it's not worse than buddy games ob- buddy games fucking awful objectively man. i think this is better than buddy games but only fractionally emotionally i don't think so i hate this movie as much as i hated the buddy games but that being you know i think that's where we're i think that's where i'm gonna stop here um i didn't i don't know i didn't like anything about it and i was really trying to be generous you can hear more about that if you go listen to our episode on a castle for christmas which once i look at the calendar and determine i might edit that line out because i don't know if it'll be out before this (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, you could leave it in because at some point we're going to release Castle for Christmas and you can go listen to Castle for Christmas and hear around on that one. <laughs> but I, I, I have to say, I think that at the, at the list of our, our, our romance movies, this one is definitely the bottom of our romance movies. Uh, on our overall list, yeah, I think it's Buddy Games for Top Worst, followed by this one. Cocaine Bear, Falling in Love. See, this is an interesting thing. I think Falling in Love slowly moves up the list, not because we're watching more movies, but because as we watch worse movies than that, we're like, okay, so this one wasn't that bad. Comparatively. Yeah. Hey, No, I, I completely agree with you. It becomes a closer to the top one the more <laughs> the more Christmas movies we watch. Yeah. If you listen to all of the Maroon Five albums and you listen to all the Nickelback albums, the Maroon Five albums probably start sounding a little bit better, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> or maybe the Nickelback ones do. Honestly, I know most of their work from years ago, so it is it, it's irrelevant. I don't have anything more to say about this. I think it's a firm don't recommend from both of us. So why don't you go ahead Agreed. and take us out of here, Ringo? With that, we've been streaming Wasteland, and this has been a California Christmas. Boo. Uh, Boo. Boo this movie. Boo, Boo this movie. This is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. Well, if you've been looking for us, we can, you can go ahead and find us on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, iTunes, TikTok, Twitter, or X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, basically all the social medias. We're all over the place. If you find some place that we have never announced, go ahead and let us know, and I'll go ahead and make sure it gets added to our uh, link tree. That being said, I have nothing else to add. If you're in the Christmas spirit, Go watch A Nightmare Before Christmas. That's probably going to be better than this one. Actually, it is better than this one. And with that, Greg, you got anything else to add? Don't watch A Nightmare Before Christmas. Fuck you, Greg. Fuck you, Greg. With that, I'm going to say bye. Greg, say goodbye. Bye. Bye.